out what's happening on the Voice America Talk Radio Network by keeping up with us on Twitter. You can find us at Voice America TRN. The following program is being brought to you on the Voice America Health and Wellness Channel. For more information about our network and to check our additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericahealth.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. Welcome to Autism One, a conversation of hope. Brought to you by Enzymedica with host Terry Aranga and Kristen Selby-Gonzalez. All comments, views, and opinions expressed are solely those of the host, guest, and callers. In the next hour, Terry and her guest illuminate how right now there is more reason than ever for individuals with autism spectrum disorders and their families to have the best hope for the brightest future. Through education and conversation, there is hope. Here are your hosts, Terry and Kristen. Welcome to the Voice America Health and Wellness Channel and this program, Autism One, a conversation of hope for Tuesday, April 26th. I'm Terry Aranga with my guest, author Michael Kosky, who wrote the book, The Modified Atkins Diet for Seizures. And I'm really excited about this interview. Uh, I was really excited while reading this book. I think that this is a vital piece of the puzzle to consider, and I want to welcome you, Michael. Well, thank you. I'm excited to be here myself. I appreciate the opportunity. Sure. Um, Let's start out with a little bit of background, Michael. How many people worldwide suffer from seizures, and how many children? The records uh, worldwide vary, so it's a little bit easier to look at the United States uh, to get an idea of how big a problem seizures can be. There's estimated 3 million Americans who suffer from epilepsy, with 200,000 new cases each year. Of those new cases, uh, about a fourth, maybe 45,000 of them, are children. And this is such a heart-wrenching issue. It's so hard for parents to watch their child having a seizure. One mother described to me that every time she um, saw her child having a seizure, she felt like a piece of her, her died, herself died. Uh, how do seizures adversely impact children's function, and what are the risks of seizures? Well, there's uh, quite a variety of types of seizures. Uh, of course, if you have a, a severe tonic-clonic, uh, which used to be called grand mal seizure, um, the risks are severe. You, you can hurt yourself. Uh, you can a person loses control, they may thrash about, they might hit their head, uh, so those children may need to wear helmets all the time. Uh, and it goes on down to what they used to call the petty mall or the absence seizures, which is basically uh, a child or a person who goes away for a short period of time. They they zone out and they're they're not conscious of what's going on around them. In a case like that, obviously if they are uh, swimming, engaged in sports, uh, behind the, the wheel of a car or anything like that, uh, the risk is more that there could be an accident uh, than anything else. 
Right. I know parents whose children have had seizures in the bathtub, seizures in the swimming pool. Um, so a, a large degree of vigilance is called for here, and parents whose children have had um, what they call drop seizures, drop attacks, um, and where they, you know, have hit uh, a body part going down because it's a drop. Um, Michael, do these also, uh, these seizures also affect cognitive function? Absolutely. Um, and one of the side effects of many of the drugs that people use to try to manage the seizures also affect um, development, emotional, cognitive abilities. Uh, those, are, those are serious issues uh, in a child who has epilepsy. And, of course, it varies. Uh, again, it's all across the board, from, from severely handicapped to, to hardly noticeable. So are, are you saying that not all seizures are detected? Well, uh, not... There is such a thing as a subclinical seizure, and if, if a person is having an EEG, they can uh, perhaps see that the person had a three- or five-second seizure activity in the brain waves, but it didn't manifest uh, visibly to the person. Uh, so that, that is true. You can have subclinical seizure activity and not even be aware of it. Do drugs always work? Definitely not. Um, as was well illustrated with... Uh, Charlie from the Charlie Foundation, um, some drugs just don't work. They, there's such a variety of what causes seizures, um, and many, many cases they don't know why a person has epilepsy. And so the variety of medicine or the protocol is to just start experimenting uh, with what, what seems to work with the most children, and if that doesn't work, try the next one. And there's numerous cases of people who do not respond to uh, the medicine, and they, they call that uh, an intractable case. I guess, you know, this being towards the beginning of this program, Michael, we should remind listeners that seizures are serious business. This is a, a serious medical condition. Um, and while there are side effects to uh, prescription drugs, you may notice cognitive um, changes or maybe increased uh, sensitivities to things in the environment or um, there could be a drug that's a mitochondrial toxin or there could be effects to the liver or such and such um, and you want to do routine medical monitoring. Um, seizures are serious. Um, you also don't want um, any of the uh, adverse implications of, le of leaving seizures untreated and um, or like Michael was talking about, um, you know, the child thrashing and, and hitting his head or falling and hitting his head. So it is important to consult with your um, medical team, including your child's neurologist, to routinely uh, follow your child's situation. Um, would that be a, a fair statement, Michael? Anything you want to add to that? Uh, well, first of all, yes, that's a very fair statement. Uh, and, and, of course, I'm not a doctor. I'm a parent and an author and uh, seizures are, they are serious. It, it can be life-threatening. Um, they obviously need to be monitored by a doctor, and, and I, I would never recommend that somebody attempt uh, a self-therapy without the direction of a doctor. Right, right. For any, change, for any uh, significant changes to uh, your child's medical regimen, uh, please do uh, consult with your child's health care team. So, Let's share with listeners what happened with your daughter, Brooklyn. How did it begin? 
Well, it started uh, with just a routine well child check when she was two years old. Uh, right at the end of the check, the doctor asked if we'd noticed anything uh, with her. And we commented that she just seems to be such an incredibly focused um, girl, and at times we can't get her attention. She's just really focused in on something, and we might call her name three or four times before she'll look to us. And uh, that raised a red flag with the doctor, and pretty soon we found out she was having a seizure every 60 seconds, uh, most of them subclinical, whether she was awake or asleep. Uh, but there were it, over 100 that were manifest uh, during the day. Once we realized what we were looking at, uh, it was shocking that, that these were happening with such frequency. And they'd last anywhere from 10 to oh, 60 seconds. So what did you do? Well, we went to a neurologist, and uh, he prescribed Zorontin, which is a, a medicine that's been around for a long time and has worked with many children to manage their absence seizures. Uh, that started our trial with medicines. Uh, Zorontin did not work. We tried seven or eight different primary medications. And uh, with each medicine, we usually had what they call a, a honeymoon effect. There would be uh, a week or two of dramatic improvement and then a, just a return to the same exact pattern. Uh, we just couldn't find anything that worked. How did you and your wife, Tammy, feel? Were you concerned about side effects to the anti-epileptics? Oh, we we were all across the board emotionally. Uh, we were terrified about side effects. Uh, you know, I, you, you give your child a, a bright red syrup that you know is going to be affecting their brain chemistry to try to, to treat them, and, and you think, oh, no, what am I doing? But on the other hand, the, the seizures are, are perhaps a worse problem, uh, so there's that, that daily struggle every time you either see a seizure or administer the medicine, uh, there's some anguish. And, of course, concern about her future. How is she going to do in school? Could she play with the normal kids? Would she ever have a driver's license? You know, what, what was life going to be like? It just kind of took over our life, to be honest with you. Right. Yeah. That, that's how it is. So how did you hear about the Atkins diet? Well, our neurologist, uh, and, and this was the second or third one we were on, started experimenting, uh, which just completely scared us to death. Um, he, in fact, he, even thinking out loud, he'd say, why don't we try adding this drug to see if it works? And So anyway, we followed his advice and, uh, and then left town, and she had a very adverse reaction to the medicine. Uh, seizures got quite a bit worse, quite a bit longer. They turned into partial complex instead of just the absence. So we called him in a panic, and he was at a conference. And he said, uh, he said, I just heard there's some information or some research being done on the Atkins diet and that it's effective with seizures. I want you to drop that new medicine and put her on the Atkins diet, uh, which in hindsight was very reckless advice. Uh, but it also represented a, a turning point in our life. Um, that's, that's when we first heard about it. So we sat down. Um, on the internet and started searching and eventually found an article that had been printed by or written by Dr. Kossoff out of Johns Hopkins discussing the Atkins diet. What's the theory behind the Atkins diet? The theory, uh, for years, people have used the ketogenic diet successfully uh, with 
some cases of seizures. And with the ketogenic diet, the goal was to get the child into a state of ketosis, uh, where they're making ketones. Uh, it's a metabolic state. And some doctor uh, one day was either on the, on the Atkins diet for weight loss or reading about it and realized, well, no, wait a minute, the Atkins diet does the same thing. It puts the body into the metabolic state of ketosis. Maybe it would work. Maybe it could be as effective as the ketogenic diet, but much easier to implement. And that's what gave Dr. Kossoff the idea to approach the Atkins Foundation uh, for a grant and to do this research. So is that how your journey with the Atkins diet began? It is. Uh, Our daughter was number 13 of 20 children uh, that qualified for the study um, that the Atkins Foundation paid for through Johns Hopkins. Excellent. So when we come back from break, we're going to find out what the difference is between the Atkins diet and the Atkins diet for seizures. We will be right back at the Voice America Health and Wellness Channel. Thank you to our sponsor, Enzymedica, manufacturers of fine digestive and therapeutic enzymes. We'll be right back. You're listening to Voice America Health and Wellness. The Autism Hope Alliance is dedicated to the recovery of children and adults from autism. The goal of this nonprofit organization is to ignite hope for families facing the diagnosis through education and funding to promote progress today. Diet modification, biomedical intervention, and educational therapy have been shown to be successful tools on the path to recovery. Through these efforts, we believe hope will replace hopelessness. Recovery for our children is a reality. For more information, go to AutismHopeAlliance.org. The Mayan calendar tells us that we will be entering into a 260-day opportunity for us to engage in conscious co-creation with great spirit. How will we prepare ourselves for this exciting and unprecedented time in Earth's history? Peter Tung has dedicated over 20 years of his life's work to exploring that which is beyond understanding. Peter will help increase your awareness and education on this enlightening transformation in consciousness. Awakening to Conscious Co-Creation airs live Wednesdays at noon Pacific Time, 3 p.m. Eastern Time on 7th Wave Network. In the spirit of Have Couch, Will Travel, Dr. Carol Lieberman creates a haven of sanity in an increasingly insane world. Each day we are bombarded with news of events that have never crossed our wildest nightmares. Society is spiraling out of control and everyone is reeling from it. But now there's an answer. The best way to keep sane in this insane world is to tune in to Dr. Carol's Couch on Voice America. Dr. Carol, a certified media psychiatrist, will broadcast live from her Beverly Hills office every Tuesday at 1 p.m. Pacific Time. Call or log in and get help with whatever is sending you reeling whenever you need a soothing voice to calm and advise you. That's Dr. Carol's Couch every Tuesday at 1 p.m. Pacific Time here on America's Voice, voiceamerica.com. Your life, your health, your network. You're listening to Voice America Health & Wellness. Welcome back to Autism One, a conversation of hope with your host, Terry Aranga and Kristen Selby-Gonzalez. If you have a question or comment, call us toll-free at 1-866-472-5792. Now back to the program, here are Terry and Kristen. 
Hi, we're back. This is Terry, and again, I'm with Michael Kosky, author of The Modified Atkins Diet for Seizures. And Michael, what is the difference between the Atkins diet and the Atkins diet for uh, excuse me, Atkins for seizures diet? Uh, there's a couple fundamental differences. Uh, the the general Atkins diet is typically used as a weight loss diet, or as we don't want our children or uh, somebody with seizures necessarily to lose weight. So the Atkins diet starts with uh, a pretty serious. Uh, regimen of low-carb eating that um, encourages the body to burn fats, and then you lose weight. Then after that initial period, they raise the carbohydrates so that you get to some sort of a management level to to manage your weight. Different with the seizures, uh, what we want to do is instead of losing weight and burning the body's fat, we need to provide the fats. So you still eat very low-carb, but you add a lot of butter and oils and fats so that the body has something to burn for energy. And then, unlike the Atkins diet, uh, there is no real change to a maintenance. Uh, you stay at that restricted, low-carb level. So, Michael, you're talking about fats. What did Dr. Kossoff tell you is the most common mistake parents make? Uh, that's funny you ask. Uh, he said that the biggest mistake is not getting enough fat. Uh, parents do not... Uh, typically, it, it it just feels wrong to, to cook all your eggs in half a stick of butter and to, to use every different kind of oil you can think of. But uh, that's that's really what they need. And we've been talking about carbohydrates. So what's the difference between different types of carbohydrates like true carbs and net carbs? True carbs and net carbs. Net carbs are actually a term that has been coined by the Atkins Foundation uh, with the Atkins Diet and what they do is they take the total carbohydrates from a food and then they subtract fiber and sugar alcohols. And that gives you what is called a net carb. Uh, this is another difference with the Atkins for seizures diet. Sugar alcohols uh, can be a trigger for some children or some people with seizures. And they also cannot be subtracted um, from the carbohydrate count with the Atkins diet for seizures. So if you look at some of the common Atkins products, uh, they used to make little energy bars and things like that, and they'd say one net carb. Well, they may have gotten to that one net carb by adding a number of grams of sugar alcohols. And for somebody on the modified diet for seizures, maybe that would actually amount to 15 or 20 carbs. Mm -hmm. So you have to learn to read the, read the labels carefully. So it's more like in this diet, a carb is a carb is a carb. That's true, although you can subtract the fiber. Okay. You were mentioning ketosis. How does ketosis affect seizure activity? Well, that's interesting. Um, it used to be believed that ketones um, in the bloodstream actually suppressed seizures and that that's why the ketogenic diet works. That's not believed uh, anymore to be the reason why these diets work. Uh, there are a couple theories. They're not absolutely positive why it works, but the theories, a couple of the largest theories, one of them is that perhaps the brain, uh, the chemistry of the brain, which obviously is, is very complex, a lot of electrical activi activity in there, the brain uses um, neurotransmitting suppressors. 
which is basically fatty acids. And it's, it's thought that perhaps people who have seizures, their electrical activity gets out of control because they don't have enough of this fatty acid or these oils or fats in their brain. And by adding quite a bit more to the diet, perhaps it gives the brain what it needs to control this seizure activity. Hmm. Other okay. thoughts are along the line of uh, eliminating food allergies. Uh, you, you go to a very restrictive diet, perhaps you have in, inadvertently eliminated uh, you know, glucose or uh, something that the, diet, that the child is uh, allergic to. All right, I know that a lot of parents who have their children on a gluten-free, casein-free diet still think it's okay to use butter, and you mentioned frying up the eggs and half a stick of butter, but on, and I read in your book that, you know, your daughter would have eggs and cheese and, uh, you know, heavy whipping cream and, and butter, but what if children can't eat dairy? Well, if a child can't eat dairy, uh, if they are are just lactose intolerant, it is going to make this more challenging. Um, but it, it's still doable. Uh, there are plenty of meats and uh, proteins and alternative fats than cheese, butter, and um, milk products, heavy whipping cream. Uh, there's, there's oils, olive oils, coconut oils, MCT oil. Um, I, I would recommend that if, if your child is lactose intolerant, is, is, am I using the correct term, lactose? Milk, if they can't drink milk, dairy is a problem. Um, that in addition to being using a doctor, a, a dietitian would be very helpful. Right, right. It's and again, so um, we just want to remind listeners um, that seizures are very risky, can be life-threatening, and that when you're making the decisions between prescription medications um, or diet or any other um, modality you might be considering that you should work with your child's uh, neurologist, doctor, uh, a nutritionist, a dietitian, as Michael recommends, wi- work with your child's healthcare team. Um, every child is different, and what helps one child may not help another child, and vice versa. So, you mentioned Charlie Abraham's earlier, Michael, and he had success on the ketogenic diet. Yeah, uh, it actually it saved his life. Um, they. His poor parents, his father, tried everything they could think of, and it was uh, it was a critical situation. and And his experience with the ketogenic diet uh, was was such a life changing miracle for that family that uh, they've now devoted themselves to the cause of getting the word out of diet for for seizure management. and And if it weren't for the the Abrams family. Um, there probably would be no modified Atkins diet for seizures. Uh, they've, the impact they've had on this this particular part of health care uh, cannot be overstated. So what is the difference between the modified Atkins diet or what we're saying Atkins diet for seizures and the ketogenic diet? Uh, that's a good question. Um, they both have the same goal in mind, which is to get into the state of ketosis. But the ketogenic diet is much more rigid. It needs to be started at the hospital. Um, the person is put under a very, very rigid uh, ratio of fats to proteins. Every, everything that goes into the body, including the, the water intake, 
is measured uh, and kept track of to, to very carefully control the metabolic state in the body. Whereas the Atkins diet is quite a bit more liberal. Um, it's something that there's a lot more foods. You don't measure the foods. You can drink as much as you'd like, um, as much water as you need. And uh, so it's, it's a lot easier to implement. So you can start the Atkins diet for seizures at home? Yes, there is no hospital admission for the Atkins diet. Now, in some cases, um, the Atkins diet is going to be more difficult because you know, some families prefer having a very exact meal plan, for example, or a very rigid uh, recipe that they follow. Or perhaps the child is on a feeding tube, um, so then it might be easier to just measure it and make sure they're getting exactly what they need. If they're not communicative, uh, that might be a better way to make sure they're getting the proper nutrition. I actually, come to think of it, do know of two uh, girls with a diagnosis of autism who have used modified Atkins diet. So I think it is doable even uh, if the child is on the gluten-free, casein-free diet. Um, you were uh, talking about ketosis being the primary goal of Atkins for seizures. Is that the case? Is that the primary goal? Well, it's, it is the goal. That's the, that's the yardstick that you can use to measure that, yes, you're, you're uh, giving the body enough fats and um, proteins and you're limiting the carbs. Even though ketones in themselves don't seem to suppress seizures, uh, it's just kind of a signal that, yes, we've, we've thrown the body into a different way of metabolizing food and producing energy that seems to be more effective in seizure management. Now, how long does it take for, it's probably different for everybody, how long, in your daughter Brooklyn's case, did it take to go into ketosis? Uh, and it, does that vary but, um, it, between... It does vary. Or, ...or circumstances? Well, it varies circumstances and weight. Um, there, there's a number of things. Our daughter was in ketosis within 36 hours, which was rather abrupt and violent, and it made her sick. Um, and so what we did was contacted the doctor, and he had us give her a little bit of orange juice. And he said, well, that was a little too fast, and uh, that, that helped her to, to recover. Others, it might take a few days, um, five or six days, to get into ketosis. And what kind of regular medical monitoring should parents do along the way? Well, and this is why it's so important to have your doctor on board. Um, it's important before you even start the diet to get some sort of blood work done so you have a baseline. Uh, this high-fat diet can affect uh, numerous functions of the body, and so you want to monitor uh, levels of cholesterol, uh, uric acid, different things like that that uh, may be present. And you also need to be monitoring the seizure activity. Uh, if the diet begins to provide significant relief, well, then maybe the medicine that the child is taking uh, will, will become toxic and needs to be uh, reduced gradually. Uh, very good point. Okay, when we come back from break, we'll talk about the studies that have been done and the study uh, that you were in. When we come back to the Voice America Health and Wellness Channel, thank you to our sponsor, Enzymedica. We'll be right back.
Opinions, options, answers. Voice America Health and Wellness. More and more parents of children affected by autism are discovering enzyme therapy as an important part of their treatment program. Digestive enzymes help to break down the foods which may enhance nutrient absorption. Used therapeutically, enzymes can also support the immune system to break down pathogens such as viruses, fungal forms, and bacteria. Enzyme Medica formulates the highest quality of enzyme supplements to address a wide variety of issues. Lacto, a broad-spectrum digestive enzyme focusing on the complete digestion of milk proteins. Gluten Ease, high in DPP-4 activity, known for its ability to help break down gluten. And Virus Stop, an enzyme formulated to assist in the body eliminating pathogens. Enzyme Medica provides the purest enzyme products, free of fillers, anything artificial, and of all common allergens. We are dedicated to education and helping you find the best products for your children. Learn more today at www.enzymemedica.com to perform at your maximum potential you need to have all aspects of your life working properly on mind brain and body dr michael john kell will bring you honest open discussions concerning your physical mental and financial health if you're ready to find purpose and meaning in your life tune in to mind brain and body every friday at 8 a.m pacific mind brain and body on voice america health and wellness radio dedicated to your health wealth wisdom and purpose Are you living your vital life? One that is showcasing you at your full potential? There are many issues that stand in the way of most people achieving their full potential. We will discuss these issues and how to overcome them each week on The Vital Life, Awakening Your Full Potential, with host Dr. Carolyn Coker-Ross. Living the vital life often requires that we trust our own intuitive voice and that we view illness or life challenges as calls to action to reconnect with the deeper urges of our spirit or soul. Tune in Fridays at 10 a.m. Pacific, 1 p.m. Eastern, on Voice America Health & Wellness. Opinions, options, answers. Voice America Health & Wellness. Welcome back to Autism One, a conversation of hope with your host, Terry Aranga, and Kristen Selby-Gonzalez. If you have a question or comment, call us toll-free at 1-866-472-5792. Now back to the program, here are Terry and Kristen. Hi, it's Terry. I'm back with Michael Kosky, author of The Modified Atkins Diet for Seizures. Michael, what's your website address? Uh, it is Atkins for Seizures, uh, and for is F-O-R dot com. Okay, and uh, this is a very good website, uh, lots of information on there as well as an opportunity to obtain the book. Uh, I liked the point that you made before break, Michael. You alluded to the fact that whatever else you're doing might affect whatever else you're doing. So our children are a holistic picture, so if you're doing supplements, diet, and prescription medications, all you know, all of these things may affect the other things. So you don't want to be jumping around, making you know significant changes willy nilly. What's been your experience with that, and how would you explain that? Um, well, first of all, let me answer the second part first. Uh, how I would explain it: a normal person's metabolism. You burn sugar for energy, and you take in carbs, carbohydrates, and you turn those to sugars and burn that for energy. 
when a person is on the Atkins diet or the ketogenic diet, instead of getting your energy from sugars, uh, the body has to look elsewhere. So it starts turning oil into energy, fats and oils, and that's where the ketones get thrown off. Well, this, this whole change in metabolism affects the way you metabolize medicine, too. And so that's one of the important reasons why you have to have a doctor involved. I've known some families who have decided to try the Atkins diet and thought, well, we're going to do this instead of medicine. So they, on their own, stopped medicine. And uh, that that is a a very dangerous mistake. Um, Just stopping some of these medicines can can be very dangerous for a child. Uh, so that, that all needs to be done under a doctor's care. Right. I actually, a researcher from overseas, and I'll just let listeners know it's probably not the most popular one talked about in the media that you're thinking of when I say that, but a researcher overseas, from overseas told me that uh, because of the gut condition in a lot of children who have an autism diagnosis, that they didn't consider that it was ever safe for those children to take uh, one of the popular over-the-counter pain relievers, uh, you know, because those children were going to process that differently than other children. So the body is definitely a whole, and if your gut is impaired, you're going to process things differently than other people. So that's kind of like what you're talking about. You have to look at the body as a whole and not just think that what's safe for one person will be safe for another. Uh, let's talk about the studies. You said that you were in a study. What was that like? How did you start that? And then what other studies were there, and how were children helped by those? Well, the study that we were in, um, it felt very informal. Uh, there were just 20 children from all across the United States, and we were we had to fly to to Baltimore. We live in Colorado. So my daughter and I went uh, went to Baltimore, I believe, six times in the course of two years to meet with Dr. Kossoff. And each time we would spend, oh, an hour or maybe two with him. He would do a little testing, give us some direction. But then in addition to that, we stayed in almost daily email contact with him. Uh, he wanted to know how many carbs she was eating a day, how many seizures she was having a day, and then twice a week we would check her ketones and report that. So he monitored all 20 of the, the uh, children on the study very closely. And those original 20 children, there was a, a great, a, a significant improvement. Um, I think it was something like 60% had uh, some improvement. 40% had a complete elimination of their seizures. A couple of the children dropped out just because the lifestyle was difficult for the families, and a couple of the children uh, it didn't work for. But the results were so positive that he went on to to do more and more studies, and he took the information from that first study in order to write the guidelines for the rest of the studies. Uh, so for us, it was you know lim- it was very little direction. Limit your carbs to uh, twenty, or let's say we started with ten, ten a day and um keep in touch and it it was it was kind of a kind of a frightful lonely thing at the beginning but the so the point is that overall 
for the children in the body of studies, it sounds like they were significantly helped. There has been a significant uh, improvement. It's a surprising, surprisingly successful method for managing seizures. Now, that said, it's not going to work for everybody, um, but in comparison to the success rate of any given drug, uh, the, the success of this diet is, is astounding. Okay. So can you do this diet simultaneously with prescription medications? It sounds like yes. Yes. And okay. And we're going to talk about weaning um, eventually soon. Are there any possible side effects to the Atkins diet for seizures? There are. Uh, there's a number of side effects. Uh, constipation is a problem. Uh, with the high fats, you can imagine that uh, high cholesterol can become a problem. Kidney stones. Uh, we experienced with Brooklyn what appeared to be a delayed growth pattern. Um, because of the, some of these side effects, uh, Dr. Kossoff wants the children to come off the diet after a two-year period. Uh, they may end up going back on it, but uh, he takes them off so that they can then catch up in their growth cycle and he can monitor to see whether any uh, long-term benefits or harm has happened. Okay, so how do you monitor for kidney stones and what do you do? Um, kidney stones, you know, the, the conventional wisdom has always been drink enough water, um, make sure that you're getting enough fluid so that the kidneys can, can avoid that buildup um, and creating the kidney stones. That's, that's perhaps not, not the case uh, anymore. Uh, some of the newer science says that perhaps it isn't just a matter of fluids. There are some medicines you can take to break them down. Uh, unfortunately, kidney stones often aren't detected until, they've, until they're there and there's incredible pain. Uh, but there, you can, by testing the urine, see whether or not there's a, a buildup of the, um, the acid or the crystal or whatever it is that would make you susceptible to kidney stones, and then you can treat accordingly. What strategies did you use for cholesterol? We went with a, a natural food product um, that we buy from a, a direct sales company. The, the product is called Phytomega. Uh, you, you can find it under the resource section on my website. But it is basically just a, a food product that inhibits the um, attachment of cholesterol to the blood cells. And it had a, a remarkable effect on Brooklyn. Uh, brought her brought her cholesterol down maybe 28% over a six-week period and then uh, and kept it there. And what did you use for constipation? Well, at first we were we were given Miralax, which is a, a laxative. Uh, we had a terrible experience with that. We felt um, the doctor disagreed with us that 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 was the cause, but uh, nonetheless, we ended up moving to something a little more natural. Uh, we used a magnesium product um, that goes under the brand name Calm, C A L M, and we would just put a tablespoon of it in hot water, and it tasted like tea then. And she would drink that, and that uh, that kept her just fine. Okay. Yeah, I've heard that um, magnesium and vitamin C are good for constipation. You've mentioned two supplements so far, um, the one you used for the cholesterol issue and, and the magnesium for constipation. Do you have to look and see what's in, the, in supplements as well to make sure they're okay on the diet and um, 
Were there any other supplements that you used? Um, answer to the first question, yes. Uh, you do want to take a look at what's in the supplements. Um, there may be a seizure trigger in there. There might be some some sugars or something. It just depends. But uh, And the other supplements that we used were actually prescribed by Dr. Kossoff. Uh, we used a, a multi, it was called multi-cap. It's just a multiple vitamin. Since uh, she wasn't getting very many fruits and vegetables, this was to supplement some of that. And then she also took a pretty high dose of calcium. Um, even though she had some cheese and heavy whipping cream, uh, she couldn't have milk, and uh, she wasn't getting much calcium with her diet. So those were the other two supplements. What are some good resources for food and recipes and cookbooks? Um, for food, there's a great online place you can order. Uh, it's called nettrition.com. They make a bunch of low-carb products. Uh, on my website, atkinsforseizures.com, there is a resource section where I list a bunch of places where we bought or ordered low-carb foods and products. Uh, even have to give consideration to um, toothpaste and suntan lotion and things like that that can cause uh, problems with this diet. Uh, yes, recipes? Go ahead. Absolutely. absolutely. They, people do that on GFCF as well. Oh, yeah. Uh, recipes, I have 90 or 100 recipes on my website, but you can also go to the uh, Charlie Foundation website or myketocal.com. They have a great series of, of recipes there. Okay, when we come back, we will be talking about when and how it's safe to consider weaning off of anti-epileptic drugs here at the Voice America Health and Wellness Channel. Thank you to our sponsor, Enzymedica. We'll be right back. to Voice America Health and Wellness. More and more parents of children affected by autism are discovering enzyme therapy as an important part of their treatment program. Digestive enzymes help to break down the foods which may enhance nutrient absorption. Used therapeutically, enzymes can also support the immune system to break down pathogens such as viruses, fungal forms, and bacteria. Enzyme Medica formulates the highest quality of enzyme supplements to address a wide variety of issues. Lacto, a broad-spectrum digestive enzyme focusing on the complete digestion of milk proteins. Gluten Ease, high in DPP-4 activity, known for its ability to help break down gluten. And Virus Stop, an enzyme formulated to assist in the body eliminating pathogens. Enzyme Medica provides the purest enzyme products, free of fillers, anything artificial, and of all common allergens. We are dedicated to education and helping you find the best products for your children. Learn more today at www.enzymemedica.com. Ask Theo Live is talk radio like you've never heard before. Following her near-death experience, world-renowned author and spiritual medium Sheila Gillette became the direct voice channel for Theo, a consortium of 12 archangels. Through this unique channel, Sheila and her co-host Marcus Gillette present you with an opportunity to speak directly with Theo live on air on any topic you wish to discuss, including receiving authentic messages from deceased loved ones and angelic guides. Get the answer you need by tuning in to Ask Theo Live Talk Radio. Tuesday mornings at 8 a.m. Pacific Time, 11 a.m. Eastern Time on 7th Wave Network. 
The Autism Hope Alliance is dedicated to the recovery of children and adults from autism. The goal of this nonprofit organization is to ignite hope for families facing the diagnosis through education and funding to promote progress today. Diet modification, biomedical intervention, and educational therapy have been shown to be successful tools on the path to recovery. Through these efforts, we believe hope will replace hopelessness. Recovery for our children is a reality. For more information, go to AutismHopeAlliance.org. Opinions, options, answers. You're listening to Voice America Health and Wellness. Welcome back to Autism One, a conversation of hope with your host, Terry Aranga and Kristen Selby Gonzalez. If you have a question or comment, call us toll free at 1 866 472 5792. Now back to the program. Here are Terry and Kristen. It's Terry back with Michael Kosky, author of The Modified Atkins Diet for Seizures. The website is www.atkins4seizures.com. Michael, when and how is it safe to consider weaning off of anti-epileptic drugs? Uh, that, that is a question that is it's different. The answer is different for every person. Um, there's two places or two times when it's not appropriate. Uh, first of all, it shouldn't be done at the same time that you start the diet uh, because then you're not going to know what's having an effect. Uh, it's going to introduce some complications, and you'd like to, to measure changes. So for, for most people, they stay right on their drugs um, for at least the first couple months of the diet so that they can measure any change that's happening. The other time that it's not appropriate is uh, self-directed. So, so really, this is a, a question for your doctor. Right, um, definitely. And um, there's a uh, a popular doctor out there in the uh, autism community who sees children who have a diagnostic label of autism, and um, he has a an intervention that he spearheaded. And when parents would start it he would uh, joke around and say, you know, if they're, you know, if they're eating such and such, you know, keep them on such and such. If they're taking heroin, keep them on the heroin. And if they're not doing this, don't start it. Okay, so he's not advocating heroin. But the point here is that whatever, you know, just make one change at a time. Otherwise, you don't know what the effect is of what you're doing. That's kind of like what you're saying. Yep. In our case, uh, at the three-month mark, she was greatly improved, um, maybe 75% improved with her seizures. And the doctor gave us the choice of introducing a, a few more carbs into her diet each day to make that easier or reducing the medication. He wanted to make one change at a time. Right. So what do studies show about possible, you were, you were talking earlier about the studies that the kids were in yep. and cessation or reduction in seizures with the modified Atkins diet, and it sounded really good. So have some children been able to eventually stop the diet and remain seizure-free, and if that's the case, why would that be? The, the answer is yes, um, and my daughter's one of them, and so are several of the other children from the first study and uh, many children that, that our family keeps in touch with. 
are able to completely somehow be healed of their seizures. Now, why that is, uh, and there's there's a couple theories again. Uh, perhaps the diet, a couple years of being seizure-free or managed or controlled, maybe the brain uh, has the opportunity to heal or to build up some um, resources to fight off food sensitivities. Uh, perhaps because the child has their seizures man, uh, managed, then as they go through uh, puberty, the changes in the brain and in the body, uh, the, the body somehow heals itself or has, has a chance to, to outgrow the seizures, perhaps. Um, the exact reason is not understood, but, but there's no question that many children, for years after being off the diet, continue to be seizure-free. Mm, okay. Um, you weaned Brooklyn uh, from medications. And how long did her whole process of seizure reduction, elimination, and weaning from prescription medication take, and how is she now? She was on the diet for two years. Uh, In the first six months, she saw perhaps uh, an 80% reduction in seizures by the end of those six months and got off of all the medicine. So then the next 18 months, there was still a slight improvement, um, but we never... On the diet, she never got completely seizure-free. She was averaging about 15 seizures a day when we got to the end of the two-year mark. And at that point, uh, the the doctor asked us to take her gradually off the diet uh, to see whether or not the diet was having any further impact on her. Okay. And what did you see? Um, We found that that the diet was no longer needed. Uh, We we very gradually introduced one food at a time. Um, Within a couple weeks, she was no longer in ketosis. But the reason why we introduced one food at a time is we learned through this process that she had some real sensitivities to some foods. Uh, They were seizure triggers for her. And so we wanted to monitor that as we reintroduced food into her diet. And after about six months, uh, she was eating everything that we were and still only having maybe 15 seizures a day uh, with the exception of a few seizure triggers that we were avoiding. Then over the next year, uh, they gradually just went away. Wow. Cool. Now, did you figure out what these dietary seizure triggers were through careful parental observation or did you also do food allergy testing? Nope, just through observation. Um, because the way she started the diet, basically all she ate the first few days were, were eggs and cheese, um, then we, we kept a very careful food journal uh, to see what food we gave her and then how she was doing with seizures, and we just noticed patterns and, and uh, mixed and matched accordingly. Well, I commend you. This must have taken a lot of patience. And I would also remind listeners that as with any therapeutic diet, you need to do the diet strictly so that you can see if the diet really works. So a lot of people start a special diet with their kids, and if it's not done strictly or if school is cheating or if, you know, grandpa's cheating and, you know, giving the kid the odd piece of pizza, um, then you'll get discouraged and won't think the diet was working when if you had done it strictly, it really would have helped the child. So, Michael, can you point listeners to some online support groups and tell them about the information on your website and how to uh, obtain your book again? Sure. 
Uh, if you go to my website, uh, which is atkinsforseizures.com, uh, you'll see right across the top a menu that lists uh, recipes, resources, and there's also a link to online communities. Uh, there is a Yahoo chat group moderated by a couple parents who have successfully helped their children through this diet, and uh, it's called Atkins Four Seizures. Uh, that's the name of the group on Yahoo, and they use the number four. But the link is right there on my website. Uh, you'll also find on our website a list of seizure triggers that parents and sufferers of uh, epilepsy have sent us that they've identified for themselves that might give you a starting place if you're looking at eliminating the triggers. The book, uh, Atkins for Seizures, is actually an e-book. Uh, it's a download, and you can get that on our website as well. Well, Mike, do you have any closing notes for parents, any take-home message you'd like to emphasize? One thing that I... I just feel very strongly about is I, I'm excited that this therapy uh, is available and that the word is getting out. Uh, there's no drug money behind it. There's no big corporation or big profits that are driving the advertising. And I feel it's very important that the message get out that this is a possible way, a possible treatment for people with seizures, especially in countries where medication or um, maybe because of poverty, they don't have any other alternatives. Uh, it just seems that a natural or a dietary, uh, and, and I should not say natural because this isn't a natural way to eat, but a dietary approach uh, that can have this much of an impact on people's lives, um, I really hope the message continues to go out. Absolutely. And, Mike, I'd like to thank you for writing this easy-to-read book that provides additional resources, information, and recipes for parents facing this heart-wrenching situation with their children. To our listeners, there will again be a seizures track at the Autism One Generation Rescue 2011 conference at the end of May. Registration is free. Please visit www.autismone.org. Thank you to our sponsor, Enzymedica, manufacturers of fine digestive and therapeutic enzymes. And to our listeners, thank you for tuning in to the Voice America Health and Wellness Channel. Enzymedica would like to thank you for listening to Autism One, a conversation of hope. For more information, go to autismone.org. Tune in next Tuesday for another hour of education and conversation on Autism One, a conversation of hope with hosts Terry Aranga and Kristen Selby-Gonzalez.